G'day punters, welcome to the deep dive. Pete Anthonis alongside Shane Curlio, Jackson Oldham and Rob Scurry. We have Cox Plate Day to review. We've got the spring champion stakes up at Randwick and of course we've got the non-Manicato meeting there on Friday night from the Valley, which was astonishing. It was weird. It was baffling. Jackson, you were on course. There was heaps of lightning in the area. Um, they thought they might have had a bit of clear air there to run the Manicato after abandoning race six and then race eight. Then the Manicato, they paraded, they half got out into the track and then lightning hit the track and everyone shat themselves. Horses, stewards, me. Strappers, Jackson, Curly, I think, shot himself in the mounting yard, but that was also, you know, by the <laughs> by. I think that was an hour before the Manicato. Um, okay, Jackson, I'll start with you. What the hell happened there? It was an it was a wild it was a wild uh, two hours. So lightning uh, in the area, and we were just sort of in a holding pattern for about an hour. And um, you know me, massive fan of weather radars, bombs, Jane <laughs> Bun. Etc. Cetera, Etc. Cetera. Love it all. So I was, I was, I was um, had a keen one eye on the lightning and the other eye on the weather radar. Um, and I thought we're no chance here. Absolutely no chance. It got to sort of quarter past nine. I thought uh, we were in the middle of one cell, another one you could see coming behind. And I was just watching the lightning the whole time. Um, and then Matt Hill comes over the PA and says, we're running the Manicato in 20 minutes, despite the lightning that they said had stopped had never stopped. So whether the stewards are getting bad info from the bomb, which admittedly could happen, but yeah. I'm also watching the radar. We're all watching the radar. There's another cell coming behind, and the lightning never stopped. Never stopped. Now, interestingly enough, um, the uh, Mooney Valley, Michael Brow, the CEO, came on .com and said, I've been told we can't run the Manicato tomorrow. So we're either going to run it tonight or we're going to have to find another day. Mm, okay. and, then, <laughs> and then tries to run the Manicato. So I walk from the grandstand out to the yard thinking, oh, well, the, the lightning might be going away from us, away from the direction that I'm looking. Go back. So, so the mounting yard is, is the opposite direction and there's lightning the other way past the pre-parade. That They get into the yard there was three claps of thunder and two reasonably close lightning strikes. So I thought, okay, they're going to go out here. Uh, they're going to go back, back here and we're going to abandon. Anyway, the jockeys got on and then, <laughs> and then we saw what we saw after that. So it was incompetent from the stewards at best uh, and very, very dangerous. And yes. if, if they knew the lightning was in the area, which they did, um, it was only to run the Matacata, which they thought they couldn't run the next day, but turns out they could. Just got to pull you up there, Jackson. Did you just dead name the Bureau calling it the bomb? I did. I did. I, sorry. Sorry. The Bureau of Meteorology. That's that, is that, that, is that what they, what, they officially want to be known as the Bureau of Meteorology. Yeah. So, I mean, like that, that's actually pretty, that's pretty loose by them, given that they're seem to get everything completely wrong. And if they were providing advice to Moody Valley there on Friday night, I was looking at the, the radar. I think everyone was looking at the same radar, right? And I made the call 
probably about 20 minutes after race six was scheduled to be run. And I was like, well, there's no chances going ahead. There's another, there's cells everywhere. There was lightning sort of materializing. It was as if like Mooney Valley was the center of hell there on Friday night. And then as soon as the clouds sort of gathered, it sort of just generated this extra energy. It was a little bit sharp, so to speak, but you could still see the, the extra cell there on the radar. Well, uh, I, I, I was sort of just waiting, waiting, waiting for sort of 45 minutes and I was making the call. I was actually about to make the call to leave because I thought we're millions. And I, so I was I was half packing up my stuff ready to try and beat all the drunk, yeah. wet imbeciles out of, <laughs> out of the valley. I was packing up my stuff as they said we're going to run the Mavicardo in 20 minutes. So that's I, I thought we were we were no chance. And the the bomb, a.k.a. the Bureau of Meteorology, like we, we know they get they get it wrong, but... We're all watching the same radar. Yeah, like no, there was, they were never ever going to run it. The and the lightning strike that hit was around the twelve hundred. So yeah. three minutes later, and all the horses are out there. You'd still be catching them now. Yeah, mm, yeah, yeah. I certainly bolted. I, I, I was holding an ice bucket with a bottle of white wine in it. I would have jumped three foot in the air. Bucket was loud and scary. Mm. Cool and gather. It was lucky. There was a clerk holding it, yeah. And yeah. the um, the Shakiro bloody slipped and almost almost went into the members bit where you where you um watch the yard from out in the members. Like it was it was a miracle. Um, nothing happened. Dead set. The Bureau of Mild Guesses. I don't know something like that. They don't deserve the the full title. I'm sorry. Get better. Be better. Um, all right, let's go to Saturday because there was plenty of good racing. I think it's fair to say no matter which racing jurisdiction you come from, this day never fails to disappoint. And having the Matacato run last kind of just added a little bit of lunacy to the whole day and just made it even more entertaining. Um, but let's start with the Cox Plate because in terms of overall raw times, it was slow. I think that's fair to say it was very slow in terms of punting forms Data to the for the class to the 600, they've gone 1.8 lengths slow. Um, so it's like falls under an even tempo, but given a group one race and it's the Cox Plate, you would expect them to go a lot quicker. Animo for all money in the world, like a complete and utter moral mid race, and has just peaked on his run and floated across the line late, almost challenged by I'm Thunderstruck and this international, which really didn't have much data to talk of coming into the race, El Bodegon. Um, who's now going for a spell. Zaki's run fourth as the leader. Alligator Blood, who was outside the leads, held on for fifth. And there's a whole heap of hard luck stories behind, namely uh, Gold Trip, who dealt Jamie Spencer's probably not going to be invited to the uh, Christmas party, I'll put it that way. Um, where do you start with with this race? Adamo's a good horse. He always seems to do enough to win. But was that disappointing for your uh, looking at the data here, Jackson, or do you think it's just a case of they didn't go slow enough or they didn't go fast enough for him to show his best? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I I don't think he was disappointing at all in terms of um, watching the race live. I thought it was entitled to win by further than what he did, but then looking at the data, um, are we, are we going to see a feature race in Victoria with a tempo ever again? A, over further than 1,400 metres because it doesn't seem like it. Um, I mean, we've been saying it all, all, I don't know, all season seemingly is that Jamie Carr is not the right rider for Zaki well, if the plan is to try and put genuine pace into the race. Yeah, she just does, she's never led at a tempo and she will never lead at a tempo. 
led and went 13, 13.5s out the back. Um, and Animo was a complete moral from there. He's, he's just a winner. I think if they go quicker or he gets challenged, he just keeps kicking. Um, like he was down and out in the uh, in the mind parry, and he just he just finds a way to win. So it wasn't sort of visually impressive for the eyes guys and the data, the raw times because they've gone so slow. Um, isn't that impressive either? But I just think you have to trust that he's a winner, and um, he he amended for last year for um, probably should have. Probably should have won last year too. Um, Thunderstruck's gone enormous. The international Al Bodegon just couldn't sprint with them off that um, off that slow tempo, but he was sort of outstanding through the line. I thought uh, J-Card needs to get off Zaki um, <laughs> if if he ever wants to win another race. Alligator Blood was suited outside lead by the slow tempo. Mwanga huge, but just doesn't mm. win. Uh, bright side, um, the Barrier draw kind of put him out of play and goal trip very unlucky. Yeah, and you just look at some of these sectional ranks there on punting form for the last 200. I'm Thunderstruck, sixth fastest of the day. Moanga, 10th fastest. El Bodigon, 12th fastest. And, and really going through his replays, he's never shown anything capable of running quick sections over the last 200. No. So I wouldn't yeah. be surprised if Waller's got him well and truly on track for next year to something big. But uh, outside of that, look, Plain data race, I think it's fair to say. I'd be fascinated to see if Animo does run again this prep on uh, Stakes Day or if they just tip him out and then we don't see him again until he pops up in Dubai. I think the, the whisper is at this stage. So, uh, look, probably it was an exciting race to kind of watch for about 200 metres and then in hindsight and looking at the data, it's not particularly exciting, but... I think everyone was just really happy. You know, I mean, look, there was one bet you could really have in the race and that was Animo and uh, he got out to a backable price really late. The 260 plus was just, um, was pretty much charity just looking at the the map. And I must say full credit to the earth dragon for giving full credit to Dominic Byrne for suggesting that he got the map exactly right. I'm oh not my sure. God. I nearly I'm, vomited when I heard that. I'm not sure anyone else possibly had Animo anywhere other than when he settled in run, but, um, you know, full credit to, yeah. to the earth dragon for, for giving out a full credit to Dominic Byrne because, uh, you know, there's certainly a few Dutch rudders going around Godolphin while it looks if you didn't have Zaki leading Alligator Blood outside lead at Animo 1-1, like, stop doing maps. Uh, did Dico take on Animo? Because you might have had him bury the fence or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Ate back the fence from, from Barrier 4, J-Mac. We'll, we'll get there. We'll get there. Well, I'm, just, I'm just grateful to um, uh, to Rupert Murdoch and Matt Tripp and the team at Ben R for making the race interesting because the only interest in the race was the 47,500 people who had $10 on Animo at 21s and about 35 of them were there cheering at home. The last you, 200 while was paddling to the line. Did anyone else enjoy the uh, the reverse narrative produced by the News Corp publication saying that, oh, we had 500 times the liability on the Cox Plate than we expected on that special? You mean you had 500 times the sign-ups that you expected as a result <laughs> of that special? Like, let's be honest, they were not in any way hurting because of that result. Nah, it's um, well done. Well done to all involved. Made the race interesting, I thought. Yeah, well, speaking of interesting, uh, I'm not even sure where to start with. The performance of the day in terms of the punting form data was Francesco Gardi winning the Moody Valley Gold Cup and he didn't just win it, he completely obliterated the field, one of the leg in the air, very fast tempo, J-Mac, just perfect ride, 
the, we've seen some of these horses perform to a good level previously, you know, Grand Promenade, Persan, so forth. But this horse has obviously gone to a new level, this preparation. And again, he would be one that you'd be looking at this time next year, running in some of the group ones. But Jackson, just run us through your interpretation of this race. Um, well, they've, they've gone very, 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 very fast at this uh, uh, very fast early into the six, which inflates the overall number, which we all know in these staying races, when they finally go quick, the number looks massive. So I'm not I'm not taking as much away from that big number as I am from sort of the margins they put on those put on this. Like the winners won by four, and then there's been three lengths back to Persan and then five lengths back to back to Grand Promenade in fourth. Um it was a real true staying test. And for Andresto Guardi would be a $14 chance in the Melbourne Cup, but it's not in. So I don't really know what you take take from this race going forward. Luna Flair is a 30s chance in the Melbourne Cup. Persan's in the paddock and the rest of them can run in a Sandown Cup, possibly. Yep. Rob, uh, your interpretation of the winner, Francesco, uh, based on his overall type? Uh, B-grade Euro. Um, <laughs> uh, really welter horse. Saturday yep. World of Horse and look at. Okay. That's that's not that's not what I was looking for, but anyway. I don't know. I, I wanted something a little bit more. I, I do actually really enjoy the Mooney Valley Gold Cup because typically they just go completely bonkers in it. And I yeah, think, for some yeah. some weird reason, it seems to be like minus 13, minus 15 yeah, to the six. It's, it's always year. a fast run race, and it can often yeah. throw up one of these horses that can then just like spike into a, a Melbourne Cup. Obviously, Prince of Penzance won it, but also I think it was Al Mandan came out of the, the gold cup, and there's been a few other place getters over the years. So, as you said, he's not nominated there for the for the cup this year, so we can put a line through it. But I thought the Amazonian was really good. I, I was expecting it to just completely stop in the straight and get beaten by about you know, Sacramento's run beaten 30 lengths. I thought that the Amazonian would have been beaten around the same, but they were just going They'd bonkers up front. So, yeah, only beaten 13 and finished alongside, you know, Grand Promenade, um, who was basically got a, a bit of a kind of run. So if that horse isn't completely broken, might be able to find it into another staying race going forward. Um, we have a look at the Manicato, which rounded off the night. The other group one on the card, good figure. In fact, this is the strongest figure we've seen in the Manicato over the last five years. Bella Nipotina, perfect ride, Craig Williams. So just we we saw them trying to avoid the inside to a certain extent, but often, as you see, going towards the end of the day, as they'll go out too wide into the straight. Rothfire yeah. led at a fast tempo there with D Lane on board, which was obviously, you know, it was a good ride um, with Best of Bordeaux sitting on the outside of it and putting a bit more speed pace into the race but geez Bella Nipotino just let down completely gap this field it was probably a moral beaten to start prior behind uh, calling Gatter which obviously was scratched when the track was downgraded but you know yeah. Willow just summed it up here and just made it an absolute perfect ride easy bet to have in hindsight um, but this was was race 11 and I felt and it felt like I'd been at the valley for the best part of three and a half years when we got to race 11 so it was a bit mentally tired, but yeah, look, first up, first up went a one here over a thousand. It was like that fat and woolly looked like it just came out of a paddock, plenty of improvement to come, made that improvement and was, as you said, prob- probably, probably a deserved win on the Moya, um, just had no luck and then spiked here on the day with a career PB and a great figure. 
It was a fascinating betting race, this one, just given on the Friday night, there was no money for Pulele and going into the Manicato, which was never run. And then suddenly on the Saturday, it was really firm. And obviously there's obviously the, the the query of how these horses travel, having to go back to the stables without racing and then come back the next day. There's always a, that is an X factor, but that's not quantifiable here. Yep. And yet Pulele was then suddenly firm on the Saturday. And I wasn't sure if it was suddenly because it's the last race and the nominal favourite and there was just a bit more sort of money trending that way. But I still thought the bigger boys would have just penned it if they were penning it on the Friday. I couldn't quite line up what was happening there. I just found it strange. It was the market discrepancy day to day. Yeah, m- maybe with Palladipatina, sort of that p- barrier one offence had been off all day as well. They were just sort of looking at Pulele in theory was probably going to get that that Animo 1-1 run. Yeah, that's, um, that's but, probably fair. But, yeah. Punt is a bit punch drunk by well, race yeah. 11 as well. Yeah. Yeah, it was that sort of day, wasn't it? Um, the Crystal Mile was won by an international, my Oberon. First start for Annabelle Nisham and defeating Banker's Choice and Buffalo River. Very fast tempo once more, 8.7 lengths fast to the 600 for the class. And really this horse is travelling pretty sweet on the turn and um, won convincingly in the end. I think there was a fair bit of improvement to come out of this horse in the yard, Jackson. That was your take on it? Yeah, 100%. Um, sort of... <laughs> One, it, look, it, it was there ready to, like, if, if it was good enough, it could win, which was what I said in the text, but was one to two what, two runs away uh, fitness-wise, and it's just been back off a, off a fast tempo and has run a really, really big, strong un, uh, umber that um, that will be, that puts it competitive in anything it runs next start. It was a huge run. Huge yeah. Run. This, this is a smart horse. It, it had... Out of a lot of the internationals coming here, I've been working my way through them using the time form data. It's got the best overall figure coming to Australia out of anything we've seen so far, and that includes the favourite in the in the cup. So uh, yeah. this could be pretty pretty good. That, that's the from that horse. Yeah, yeah, I'd love to see it take on Adamo. I'll put it that way. Make it make it happen. Whoever's in charge of RBL, do something. Forget about the bomb. I'm going to keep dead naming him. I don't care. Come at me, bomb. What are you going to do about me? Strike me by lightning? Ha! <laughs> Unpredictable will happen. Um, okay. Let's talk about Barclay, Berkeley Square and his performance going forward towards the derby because there's a bit of interest coming out of Sydney as well. Held off Virtuous Circle and Pericles, which was heavily supported there on the day, Jackson. Overall, even tempo up front. They've run good figures. They're just off what they did in the Cox Plate. But the overall final sectionals of uh, the first two in particular across the line were very impressive. Yeah, this looks the derby lead up to me. Yeah. Um, strong rating, a, a week into the derby. Sort of this is this and then I'm not sure. I haven't looked at the um, spring champion at all, so I'm not sure how that's rated or anything like that. But in terms of the Victorian horses, this looks the form reference. Berkeley Square, Barkley, whatever, um, looked looked good, looked half a run away, and I reckon next week will be absolutely cherry ripe. Perkley's uh, is a great type, a great walker. I was really taken, I was really taken by him as well. Um, I think Berkeley looks the strongest stayer, and that. Uh, 
Perchuas circle now. Um, I, I thought looked a real derby type too, but is going to the paddock by all reports. But yeah, this this does look. I thought the logical derby derby lead up versus all like Mister Maestro, who will probably stay short enough in markets with the SP anchor. I thought it it was um, particularly short in the all ins. Um, and those two plus maybe the Sydney horse look look the three to beat. We will get to Sharp and Smart, the spring champion, shortly. But in terms of the overall adjusted figures on punting form, there was a 3.2 length differential between Berkeley Square and Sharp and Smart. So the Kiwi has to find a bit, but granted he was three wide, no cover. Um, okay, so that's pretty much the features. We'll touch on the... No, that's it. I can't be bothered going through any of those other races. Uh, Jackson, horses to follow outside of those features. Yeah, a couple outside the obvious. Uh, Lindsay Smith horse in race five, Queen Air. Uh, the uh, the meeting rank, the 50, 50th fastest, 400 to 200, the 13th fastest last 200, and the 8th fastest last 100 of the meeting, back and wide. A big, um, big horse away from the valley up in trip will be winning wherever it goes next start. Uh, sweetened, just not suited again. Probably needs Ollie off. He's completely cast. Ollie snicked over race. No room between the 400 and the 150. Oh. Got clear, and I thought uh, I loved its work through the line. And King's Consort out of race three charged home under hands and heels in the worst part of the track. So there's three outside the obvious. All right. Very good. I like it. Uh, let's head up to Randwick with Rob Scurry. The spring champion was the feature. The group one up there. We touched on it before. They've gone an even tempo. Uh, well, the winner's got an even tempo. It's a fast overall tempo there for the race to the 600. They've gone 2.5 lengths fast. And sharp and smart, Hugh Bowman sat the horse three wide, no cover, and uh, it kind of looked gone and then kind of kept finding and ground down elliptical, which was just in the right spot. She's extreme. I thought was very good as well. Probably didn't have things entirely its own way, Uh yeah, if it gets a softer run next start, might be able to improve a bit more forward in run. And Machilate wasn't beaten far as well. Rob, what did you make of the top four? Uh, I thought there's about six or seven. All look superb and best I've ever seen. She's extreme. Um, so I had to respect that. Probably forced a bet here a little bit on Prim- Primitivo. I think that's what it's called. The, the David Atkins horse. Um, look, you know, I, Williamsburg looked like he'd come on. I thought that was interesting that like, they settled him a fair bit closer um, and, and he said they've gone pr- pretty hard. So he's it's against his u- usual pattern. Um, Machilade, so, sort of the opposite. His run the other day at Warwick Farm was enormous. He missed the start and just got beaten. It seems like it's it sort of inverted with the winner having the tough run and, and, and holding on uh, this time. But... Look, um, yeah, Renaissance woman, um, nice enough horse, walked well. Um, yeah, just just a very kind of even race. If you look at the finishing margins, there's actually not much between about five of them. That's how they looked in the yard. They looked genuinely five five chances. I thought maybe she's extremes a little bit short, but totally wouldn't have been surprised if she won. Um, tough race um, in hindsight. I wish I stayed out. Could you see any of these winning an Oaks or a Derby next week? Uh, look, I'm not sure what they're going to do. Um, you know, she's extreme, probably suited on the softer track. Um, Renee, I think I think it's a decent form race. You know, it's a group, well, it's sort of a group one race um, and they generally go okay. Uh, but they've changed the program, 
programming around. They used to have, you know, horse won this race might even end up in the um, Cox Plate. But yeah, it seems, it seems um, tricky with the one week backup. Um, but yeah, Sharp and Smart held its condition very well from the Warwick Farm meeting. Um, he looked good that day. But uh, I don't know. You, you run the race a few times and you might get a few different winners. J Mac is going to be riding Sharp and Smart in the Derby. So he's teaming up with Team Rogerson and the rest of the Kiwis there. Uh, the calendar Fresnel, the group two mile race, it was won by Golden Mile of fast tempo, 2.6 lengths fast to the 600 here. And look, in the end, he's just really ground down communists who tried to fight back and a lot more love got a checkered passage in run. So what did we learn, Rob? Golden Mile, still the best type. Do you think he's a miler though? Uh, not sure. Um, I'd say 1,400, you know, 12 to 1,600. Uh, he looks superb to me. I, I, he was a big play for the service. I did get nervous when he kind of almost touched $3, $3 on bet for about six minutes out. Um, it was a bit of a case of, of bet the drift. Once he found that sort of one-off spot, um, Roden had him in trouble with the map. I get maybe that was the reason why he was drifting. They didn't know where he was going to get to. Not, getting a tough run but once he got that spot and I saw he had your thing on the inside in a whole lot of trouble uh the filly um as in she was getting held up over racing while he was just just building nicely into the race I thought he would go past the other horse a bit, a bit easier than he did um so look, he's he's a he's a lovely horse I'm not sure what I, I thought maybe he'd be at Coolmore rather than the mile but um you know they're doing all right good often they've got brains trust sure sure they know what they're doing um, but yeah, good luck. Happy to have a win on on this horse. As um, yeah, I had a decent crack on him in the Golden Rose and, and left lamenting that day. You know, just good run, good good bet, good run, but no result. But here it was, yeah, it was a good bet and it got the result. Uh, we've got uh, one of the made up races, the invitation there, race nine on the card, even tempo up front. And uh, look, if anyone watched the the previous show with with Papa Roden and myself and Jay Dickens, uh, we all kind of found promise of success at the price. Uh, I also wanted to back Never Talk, and Nimalee was the best of those on speed. Never run first, third, and fifth. Um, Forbidden Love just isn't going. She's a belter. We'll get to probably got shuffled back early in the run and. I'm not sure if she was impressive or not going through the line. I don't think there's really any data there, but did have a big gas out over the last 200 and Ice Bath just basically bombed the start. Rob, what did you make of this bunch? Uh, look, I, I, um, I'm i a bit filthy on myself for not listening to, to Daddy Roden here. Uh, I ended up on Electric Girl. for, a, for a, it, That's the best I've seen in Parade. She's a free sweater and she looked really well. Ice bath, I've seen it better, um, but I just didn't want it to be, a, you know, I just wanted to just just cover the stake. I fell into this She's a Belter. I didn't realise it was first up, and then when I saw it was first up, I, I, I love finding horses from the yard first up, and I don't know they're first up, and they look like they're ready to go. She did the old jock up, perk up, which is one yep. of, you know, which is striking about 50% when I send that on the notification. Uh, but, yeah, it'll... It, it got stuck three back the fence, pikey style. Um, you know, I, I kind of thought watching it live, I thought she was maybe a bit more unlucky than she was. But, you know, I, I probably will um, want to follow her again next start. Electric um, Nimalee continues to braid brilliantly. Um, it's, it's just a genuine horse. It always seems to be around in these big mares races. So maybe she'll back up in that mile race down at Flemington. I'm not, I'm not sure, but she's... 
you know, if they're running on pace there, she'll, she'll be a good chance. Uh, promise success, it's a great ride. And, um, you know, it's got a soft track pattern as well and sort of everything fall into place. The other one I was commenting on was expat. I thought that horse was completely gone. Um, when she came into the yard, she was much, as good as I've seen her. I was a little bit worried and, you know, she did give a kick at the top of the straight and she hasn't been beaten too far. So maybe I might have gone a bit early on her. And um, the, the horse that just keeps giving Espiona, bookies lover, just looks like a Saturday horse to me. I don't, it's, 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 it's a myth. Um, I think we can say that. What if she'll turn up at Flemington again? Yeah, she'll probably start 450. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right. Uh, can we talk about Coat? I'm not going to pronounce it Coat oh. because it's certainly Coat to me. Uh, race six, there was no money whatsoever for this oh. run. Actually, actually, as there was a few runners there at Randwick on Saturday, Mahogany was also completely and utterly uh, friendless. But Coates, the jockey change, Tommy Berry to Jay Collett, He's just such a consistent jockey, Collett. He's able to find ways through traffic along the fence, but he's actually very adept on, on leaders as well. I and mean, he set a perfect tempo, genuine, um, even tempo to the 600 and basically just let Coat go through his gears and, and he put a space on them. Yeah, I was filthy because it did parade better than it did the other day, but I was in my mind, I'm saying, I don't want any form. I don't want to back any horses out of bonk track. Um, I've seen it on Wednesday at Warwick Farm. I'd seen it already with um, Wollonga Beast earlier in the day. So that put me off. But, you know, it was always doing its flighty thing, but it was it paraded much better. I got I got stuck in the trap with um, – I think I just had a good win on Mahogany. Blake Sheen was flying. It came out top in our rating, that insurrection. Um, yep. But, yeah, that, that, got, that got gnashed a little bit uh, Eduardo style. Pikey kept pushing up. He didn't go forward. He didn't go back. Um so maybe you could forgive that horse, but I'm, I'm just filthy because I, I said maybe four weeks ago that Coat might be in the top handful of um, Sydney three-year-olds. And I think, um, well, he's now a group winner and he's got a great racing pattern. He just seems to love the contest, the way he goes out there like a boxer, like running to, to you know, rip someone's face off. He's um, he's a full psycho, um, but he's, you know, he's still got, he's still untapped, I think. And then he I guess remind you, you backed him in the midway. Oh, <laughs> oh the horror. Um, just a quick word on the two-year-olds because Barber and Coincide have beaten class benchmark here. Uh, Barber's clocked the third fastest last 800, sixth, uh, fifth fastest last 600, third fastest last 400, second fastest last 200 on the day. Yeah, nice, nice type. They had about five in it. Uh, the Sheik did here, and this this was clearly the best. So I had my mum and my dad there, and we all we all picked uh, uh, the one and the three on top. And uh, uh, the old man was left lamenting as uh, yeah, it was a real sour, like sucked sucked a lemon after this because he back the three. Um, but yeah, the one is is, is better, better types than I saw in the gym crack in the breeders. It, it, it's a proper masculine style of two year old. Uh, the second horse, um, it, it looks like a funny car in terms of it's got a real jacked up hind, it's a little squat little thing. It just got hotter and hotter and hotter in terms of sweating in the wrong places. But like at the start of the freight, I thought I could back this uh, just, just to win over a thousand. By the end, I didn't. Um, I was I kind of felt a little bit lucky to get the win with Barber. Uh, the thing down the bottom for the Battlers, um, just really professional. It's probably the most professional parade in the yard. Uh, I'm talking about Shine Your Light. Um, that's, that's run a good race. 
and uh, yeah, it's it's uh, probably yeah, Barber's probably C two after the thing for Snowden that pissed him, which you know might, might be un untouchable. Is Shane Extreme going to win the Oaks? There's the guy who uh, laid Francesco Gardi, right? Yeah, yeah. I think Shane Extreme win the Oaks. That's immoral. All right, we're kind of we're kind of losing track here. Um, yeah, it was, it was a good day on track. Um, I should have given my mum a bit more credence. She found Liberty Sun on top. She found four out of eight winners. They were all hungover from a conference party the night before. They're going to leave after four, but they were still there at eight, kicking on and uh, put put a big back on Animo. So it was good to hang out with them and um, you know do what we do as we've always done. All right, beautiful. Curls, I'll just quickly throw to you. Um, first of all, just confirming you're alive. Secondly, uh, how was your experience there on Cox Plate Day? Wonderful experience, Peter. Um, to um, Excuse me, it was interesting. Um, once I got through the crowd and, you know, obliged with the selfie requests and things like that, oh. um, I was able to make my way down the race uh, after the horses went on the track for the Cox Plate oh. and um, just stood down there. It was amazing because obviously, like I said earlier, 35,000 people were there that have had their $10 on Animo and roared it. Um, uh, what else came out of it? White wine was reasonably uh, good value. Drank about eight bottles of that while we were on track. Um, yeah, I don't know. Apart from that, I don't know. Like, it's just a great experience, great day, great race day, but um, I wasn't really betting that much, so – that's that's what made it more enjoyable. I think if you were there, I don't know how you'd go there and try and um, like do the yard and bet and that sort of thing. So full credit to Jackson for surviving. It wasn't much fun. Like it must be. I know how I know how obnoxious I was mm -hmm. and how drunk I was. Imagine thirty five thousands of me. Fucking what a nightmare. Well, I I only had to talk to about ten of you, so that was that was something. Yeah. Oh, yeah. On, on the thirty four thousand nine hundred ninety of. The rest. I was going to say, yeah, it was full credit to yourself, Jackson, because I bothered, I basically just pulled the pin early and said, no, I'm staying at home. I've got four meetings to try and bet at once, and if I miss one winner, I'll go postal. So, uh, yeah. Um, oh, so just just a little, just on that, um, no internet reception in the in in the crux of the members, sort of where I was trying to operate from. So I was doing the yard, and then I was running to up near the 200, up near that grandstand to get internet reception, sending the yard, doing in run, and then coming back. So I, I did cover about 12 and a half Ks on the day and lost a lot of fluid. <laughs> Girls, did you lose a lot of fluid? <laughs> I, didn't lose, I didn't lose anything. I'm, I'm certainly I'm certainly a bit puffier, but I've also got to give full credit to Bailey, my, uh, my fella, my boy who's... Um, back home, firing the bullets for the service. And I think we went like 10, 10 and a half out, 17 back for the week on a trying conditions in Queensland with all the rain and wet weather around. So full credit to Bailey. Yep, full credit indeed. Week ahead, Jackson, it's a big week. You've got the Bendigo Cup on Wednesday and then the Valley Friday night and then Derby Day Saturday with some other meetings sprinkled around. Yeah, uh, heavy nine already, Bendigo, with up to 15 mil today, up to 10 tomorrow. So we Surely you're not going. I'll be you're there. The Two and a half hours in the car to Bendigo. Oof. I'll be out there. Um, did did two and a half hours to sail yesterday. Good fun. Um, the Valley Friday night, and then it all begins at Flemington. 
Yes, it does. Rob, you have got Kensington and then Rose Hill this Saturday for the Golden Eagle, the Nature Strip Stakes, the Rose Hill Gold Cup, the Four Pillars Midway. And um, I don't know. I think I'm just reading out sponsors now, which is, although, mind you, Four Pillars, not bad. You know, if you want to fling us a few of those Shiraz gins, we'll be be, be able to say, you know, promote it a little bit more. Um, Anyway, Rob, Golden Eagle. Wow. I, I wish I win. I'll be in the race. I don't know anyone else. Um, uh, you've got an internationalist favourite. Light infantry. Uh, yeah, I have a look at that. I remember I am Superman turned up in that race one year. Um, but yeah, it should be good to getting back to Rose Hill. Around we could probably you know needs a bit of a break. Got Kenzo Wednesday. A bit of rain around in Sydney today, but it should it should be all right. It should, it's a warm day Wednesday, so I'm just gonna you know go out there and um, you know find some winners and and, and have a good time. Kels, what have you got this week? Um, the the Kilcoy meeting on Tuesday, Peter, has been postponed to Thursday. <laughs> which, um, oh boy, sure, I'm, sh- I'm sure everyone listening would like to know that. Um, <laughs> Eagle Farm will be Wednesday, which, you know, it doesn't matter how much rain we get, Eagle Farm will be perfectly fine to race on. And then, obviously, uh, Derby Day Saturday, which means that every race club in southeast Queensland will be holding a meeting. There's about 15 meetings within a 100k radius. I think looking at that, there's Bow Desert, there's Gold Coast, there's Dolby, there's Eagle Farm, and there's Toowoomba. Yes. Um, good luck. Good luck to the uh, everyone that can sit on a horse who will be getting a full book of rides <laughs> on Saturday. There's only two meetings in WA on the Saturday. Kalgoorlie, final meeting of the season for the country championship qualifier, and then Ascot for the Asian Bow Stakes there. The first meeting of the season for Mount Barker, which will be called off if there's any sort of rain, as per <laughs> usual. And uh, good thing I've dodged Northern because yesterday was basically find the leader, find the winner. It, that, I can't pick that track to save myself this year and we're just going to dodge it every single meeting going forward. Guys, uh, big effort, big week, big weekend. Um, you know, uh, I've run out of steam. I don't know what to say, how to finish this, so I'm just going to stop talking. Guys, bye for now. <laughs>